Welcome. You've discovered the world it's ass. So yeah, next, next morning I get on the plane and I fly to Siem Reap um, to start my, my month-long adventure in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. um, Who made you decide to go to Cambodia as opposed to, say, Vietnam or anywhere else around there in that region? Well, um, nothing really. Uh, it was just the next logical stop. I to okay. do that and then uh the plan was to go from cambodia to vietnam and then from vietnam maybe go into laos um mm -hmm. and so that was a plan actually it wasn't like one over the other it was just like that one's first um, gotcha and of course as it turned out I, i've been running you know ran out of money and decided well vietnam and Laos are not going to happen this time mm -hmm. so cambodia just ended up being the the next to last stop um, okay. The last stop being Hong Kong, mainly because it was a cheap flight from Hong Kong to home. So, yeah. Um, so that's how that all fell, you know, fell into place. Cambodia was just yeah. the next logical step from uh, from Thailand. Um, I got you. And uh, well, I definitely wanted to see Angkor Wat and, and the Killing Fields and all that. So mm -hmm. uh, those had been on my list for a while. Um, so yeah, Cambodia was like, oh, that's the next stop. So uh, on the plane, I meet uh, this girl from Finland, uh, Rosa. Uh, we start talking, and turns out we're heading pretty much to the same general location in the city. So we split a tuk-tuk, and we have the guy drop us off at her guest house. And mine's like maybe a mile away, so I just decide to walk from there. Um, but I get her info, um, so we stay in contact. Then I go check into my hostel. I meet this guy from Germany called Yaron. Um, and we kind of hit it off. And the next day, Yaron and I decide we want to check out the night market. So I invite Rosa along. Um, mm -hmm. And she brings this girl from uh, this girl from America named Alexis along mm -hmm. with her. And then, like, the three of us go out to the night market. And they have the – it's a typical night market. But they, there's this one guy that was set up with the, with the bugs. But he actually mm -hmm. has, like, fried snake. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I got, we got to try the fried snake. I was so excited. And we yeah. bought it, and it was so overcooked and so hard. Like, yeah. almost like chip a tooth on it hard, you know? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and it was just like, I was so disappointed because I wanted to try yeah. snake, and it was just horrible. Huh. Yeah, and then, uh, so, um, we go. I wonder if they eat it like, I mean, if they if it's eaten like that or if, if it's just, if he just fucked it up, I, I, you know? I think he fucked it up. I still want to yeah. try it somewhere because I just, yeah. I just feel like that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, I just, I, no, they, yeah, I think he overcooked it or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And then, <clears throat> uh, we, we go to, um, well, we just grab a drink. Like they have this. Uh, near the market, they have what they call Pub Street, and it's got a bunch of bars and stuff. So we we grab some drinks there, and I'm um, like texting back and forth with a girl from a hostel named Sarasa, who was trying to get some people together for Angkor Wat. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Because the more people you have, you get to split the cost of, of the tuk-tuk guide. I think it can hold up to four people. So, if it's, I mean, you're, you're paying 27 bucks, whether it's one person or four people. So she was trying to get a, mm-hmm. a group of people together. I told her I'd go along. Yaron and Rosa had actually gone earlier that day, so they, they, weren't, they, they weren't interested in going. Uh, but Alexis was interested because she just got into town today or that day. Yeah. So um, Alexis, myself, and Saressa decide that you know, we'll do the tour together the next day. Um, but all three of us decide um, you know, we want to do – we're going to get a three-day pass because you can get a one-day pass. Or you can get like a three-day pass for the price of two days. So we, we decided to get the three-day pass because it's, mm. Angkor Wat is just a huge complex. Um, and we, I just knew that I wanted to spend more, more than just one day there. So we get the three-day pass. We hire the tuk-tuk guide. And we do the sunset like big circuit for day one. So what that means is we got to be up at like 4.30 in the morning. Uh, yeah. Tuk-tuk driver picks us up at the hostel at like... 4:45, we drive all the way out to Angkor Wat before the sun's even up, and man, so many people. Like people had told me it was going to be crowded, but like it was just insane. Mm-hmm. So many people there, um, all like trying to get like a good spot to get the sunset picture of Angkor Wat. Um, mm-hmm. I got a couple pictures, but then I, I just decided to turn around and just take a picture of the crowd because <laughs> it's yeah. it's insane the amount of people there. So anyways, uh, we see the sunset Angkor Wat. We, we walk through Angkor Wat. I, again, I get probably one of the best pictures of Cambodia there in Angkor Wat. Like, um, not the sun, sunrise picture, but um, it's, it's still early morning light, and it's just an amazing picture of Angkor Wat. It's one of my favorite shots that I've gotten. And I think we end up seeing seven temples that day. It's a, it's a really long day. Yeah. Um, These are all Buddhist. Um, yeah, well, actually, Angkor Wat started as a Hindu temple in the very beginning, okay. in like mm-hmm. 11th century, I think. Okay. And then about a century later, um, the, the guy that came into power was, uh, I guess he changed over to Buddhism. So he started changing all the temples over to, to uh, Buddhist temples. Mm-hmm. So from that point on, anything that was built was Buddhist. So it's interesting because you do see some like Hindu iconography in Angkor mm-hmm. Wat um, every once in a while. day two we're going to rent bicycles now that we've seen now that we've had an overview with with the tuk-tuk driver and we know the general complex and what's where and we know what temples we didn't see and what which ones we saw we decide to rent bicycles you can rent them for like a dollar and uh ride into Mm -hmm. the complex and just kind of go explore on your own so it's pretty cool Um, oh and one thing about cambodia too that was really strange um they used the U.S. dollar as their currency. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, They do have their own currency called the real. Uh, So Mm -hmm. when you pay for stuff in U.S. dollars, if it's small change, like if they, you know, um, 50 cent you're supposed to get back, they don't use coins. They just use the bills of U.S. Okay. Uh, So any change, small change, you get in real. And 4,000 real equals like a dollar. It's weird to be especially after all the different countries have gone to and always having to get new currency and learn the exchange rate uh, mm-hmm. and, and not really know how much I'm spending sometimes when I go to the store or going out to eat. 
it's weird to be halfway around the world and using dollars again, U.S. dollars. Right. It was, yeah. It was kind of surreal, um, mm. but cool because I knew exactly how much I know how much this cup of coffee cost. You know, I'm not. Yeah. Right. I'm not getting screwed. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of strange to, to get to a country and they're like, oh, they use U.S. dollar. All right. So it costs like a dollar to rent the bikes. We we half hour ride from town into Angkor Wat complex. Uh, we ride around all day, and uh, I think bicycles are really a cool way to see to see the complex. Yeah. Because um, you, you know you're riding along and you've got time to just kind of look at the scenery and all that, um, and you can kind of go off on paths and go explore temples. The next day, uh, oh, and then so that was Alexis, Ceresa, and myself. Rosa was going to join us. Um, she went ahead and bought like another Angkor Wat ticket. I think no, she bought a three day ticket in the beginning too. Um, mm-hmm. But she was going to join us. But uh, right before we leave, she was walking back from the store or something, and she gets back to the, the hostel and she realizes that somebody lifted her her wallet, oh, okay. uh, which had like all her money, her cards. Luckily, didn't have her passport. Um, yeah, and had her ticket, her Angkor Wat ticket. So she ends up not, she's like, I can't join you guys. I've got to go file a police report. We find out that the tourist police station is right outside Angkor Wat. So she actually rides into Angkor Wat with us and um, she goes to file a police report. Turns out the police are just of no help, though. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, it's just a whole big mess. So she ends up going back to the hostel. Ceresa, myself, and Alexis uh, end up uh, doing the tour that day. The next day, um, I think we all just like, we need a day off <laughs> from yeah. biking all that much. So Sunday, uh, we just, uh, I, I'm talking to Alexis and Rosa, and we decided we want to do bikes again. So Rosa's off doing some like horse uh, trekking tour or something, so she won't be joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosa's, even though she's still dealing with her stolen wallet and getting a new credit card and all this stuff, um, she said she's going to join us stop at the police station on the way in because I told her mm-hmm. that it would take a few days for her to get her police report. And she, she's like, I need that for my insurance claim. Um, so we stop into the police station again. And this time we go in with her, like Alexis and I go in with Rosa cause they, they're just, they pretty much abused her <laughs> last time, like just, uh-huh. uh, verbally. And she was, yeah, she's just, she didn't want to go in there alone. So we're like, yeah, we'll go in, you know, you know, just for moral support. And, yeah. It was such a mess because they did not. The guy, the guy was just such an asshole, and he did not want to. He would not give her the police report. And he said the, mm-hmm. we have to do the investigation first, and we're all like, "Well, she doesn't even know at what point it got. St- like, what? What are you investigating? You know, it just it didn't make any sense. It's like we all know mm-hmm. this is just a technicality. She just mm-hmm. needs a copy of the police report to give to her insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were back and forth with this guy, and at this point, I'm thinking. We'd already talked to us, like, he probably wants a bribe. <laughs> yeah. That's how we're going to get this thing. And, of course, I've never bribed a cop before. <laughs> so I was like, right. should I think of how to do this? And so, I mean, we're back and forth with this guy. And, I'm, I, you know, I keep saying, okay, well, what is it going to take to expedite this whole process? Because we all know you're not going to find the guy. And it's just, it's just a piece of paper that she filled mm-hmm. out. She just wants a copy of. And Nice. Um, yeah, I might have to hold off for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's cool.
It's recording. God damn it. <laughs> uh, not sure why this is happening in the common area. <laughs> what are they doing, vacuuming? No, no, hair dryer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Go over there and say, listen, I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling. Um, yeah, right. So, I think that's it. Um, so, yeah, we're at the station, and I'm thinking, all right, this guy wants a bribe. And I'm like, right. trying to think, how, how do I go about this? How do, I, how do, how do you bribe a, a, a police officer? That's <laughs> not something I've done before. So, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm trying numerous ways to say, okay, you know, uh, what do we need to pay to expedite this process? Because she just needs the paper. We all mm-hmm. the investigation's not going to go anywhere. And this guy's just not having it. Like he's and he's just such an asshole, and um, he's just treating us like we're dumb. And it's like uh, it was so infuriating. Um, and uh, oh man, I, at one point, he, like because he's he's neurosis asking him this, and uh, I can't believe this. Um, <laughs> Um, fucking believable. Um, uh, how close is that water. motherfucker? <laughs> very, very. Oh, okay. Still, that's pretty rude. Okay. It's locked once again. Um, yeah, at one point, like, you know, Russ is talking to, or when we first get there, Russ is asking him about the report, and then he, he looks at Alexis and I, he's like, could you you two step outside? And we're like, no. We're, we the whole reason we're here is is for her. You know, it's like for moral support. For right. her. She, you you treated her like shit last time. Like so that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. So he eventually gives into that and lets us stay. Um, but yeah, he's just he's just he's so freaking rude and like treating us like we're idiots. Um, and like I said, the bribe just he's not he's not having it. And uh, so eventually we we leave the police station, and Rose is like. She was going to go through the, the third day tour with, uh, with, with us on the bicycles. And, but at this point, she's just so distraught. She's like, well, I'm going to go try to find like, another police station, maybe file another report, blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're like, you know, I try to tell us, like, you just come with the tour and just try to put it out of your mind right now. Um, but she's like, no, no, it's just going to bother me. So at that point, though, I'm like, you know what? I was like, I was like well, go find the police station. I was like, email your insurance company. And just tell them the situation. Tell them you're in Cambodia. Tell them you're trying to follow a police report and they won't give it to you. And just see what your insurance company says. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, it turns out, late, I, I get a message from her later as, as Alexis and I are, are traveling around Angkor Wat again. Rosa texts me and she's like, she's like, I'm so happy. She's like, I talked to my insurance company. I don't need a police report. I just need like a proof that I was in the country, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So like all yeah, this dealing with the police was just like, like unnecessary. Um, yeah. But I wish we had thought to just check with the insurance company ahead of time. But anyway, so that was my dealing with the, the Cambodian police, and it was sucky. So day three, uh, it's just Alexis and I. We're riding bicycles around. We find like some really some temples that are 
they're not that isolated. They're not that far off the main drag, but nobody's there. Like, we were the only ones walking around these temples. There's no, like, places cordoned off. Like, you could just climb all over these things. It's really yeah. strange, uh, but really cool um, to kind of, like, be the only people there. Um, so those were, the, like, that was, like, the cool point of that day was finding these temples that nobody explored. Like, no, nobody's there. No tourists, no nothing. The last day I'm there in uh, Siem Reap, like, we've already used our three-day passes, uh, but Alexis and I decide to get, like, just buy a single-day pass for one more day because there is a temple that's, like, 30 kilometers outside of the main complex um, called Bantai Sri. Uh, it's also known as the Pink Temple um, or the Lady Temple. They call it the Lady Temple because the detail is so fine in the, in the carvings of, this, of the temple. <laughs> Somebody at some point assumed that the, the detail is so fine; it can only be done by a woman's hand. <laughs> uh-huh. So it started; it became known as the Lady Temple. Um, huh. But I, yeah, I don't know how how true that is. <laughs> who carved this thing? But um, yeah. it's actually a really beautiful temple, and the carving is pretty exquisite. Uh, but anyways, this temple is like thirty kilometers out, so we have to hire a tuk-tuk driver, uh, and we hired the guy we had day one because he was really cool, uh, a really cool driver. And uh, we hire him again to take us out to this temple on the way we go to the Landmine Museum, which is uh, it's an interesting place. It's opened, by, it's opened by this guy who, in the 1980s, when he was like really young, like a teenager, he, was in, mm-hmm. he served in the Khmer Rouge. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was like one of their landmine guys. So he was planning all these landmines throughout the 80s during the like guerrilla warfare that the Khmer Rouge was having with, mm. uh, the, you know, the, you know, the, the current Cambodian government. Um, mm. so yeah. So after this in 79, when the Khmer Rouge were ousted, uh, they retreated into the, into the jungle and just pretty much were still, you know, doing attacks and planting landmines and all this stuff. Um, anyways, he was part of that for a long time. And then in 1989, he defected, and he realized the, what he had been doing, you know, planning these landmines. He started seeing, like, all the people killed by it, all the kids maimed by these landmines that he had planted. So he, <clears throat> he decided to get, dedicate the rest of his life um, to finding all these landmines, digging them up, and, like, ridding Cambodia of, of all the landmines. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think he spent the, the next 15 or 20 years removing landmines and starting up this organization. Uh, he eventually kind of retired and handed off the, the, the task to other organizations, but uh, he opened this museum uh, to kind of tell his story and show all the different types of landmines. Um, and to all the proceeds of this museum go towards um, like, a, it wasn't like an orphanage, but it was like a, kind of a, hospital refuge for like all the kids who were injured by landmines and stuff so a really interesting place really depressing place of course um, mm-hmm. um and it was definitely like a kind of i guess a taste of what i would see once i went to Phnom pen and went to the killing fields and to mm-hmm. the prison s21 um so yeah it was definitely a sobering visit there mm-hmm and then we went to the, to the temple after that and saw the, the last temple that we were going to see from Angkor Wat. So, yeah, definitely a very full trip to see him reap. 
lot of temples, <laughs> a lot of ruins. And at that point, the next day, I hopped on a bus to Batambang. You can find us online at www.chipjohnsonfilm.com. Click the tab for The World It's Ass. We are also available on iTunes. Just search for us there. We'd greatly appreciate if you subscribed, rated, and reviewed us. You can reach us via email at twiapodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us comments, complaints, concerns, and constructive criticism. Our theme music, Fuzzboxer, performed for us by the lovely Sarah Gregory. We'll be back with more stories of the world it's ass. You say bye? Bye. I can't believe this. Um, <laughs> uh, that was just fucking believable. Um, <laughs>